Hello, my name is Julie Marsh and I'm a partner in the medical negligence team at Boys Turner Solicitors. Today, I'm delighted to be able to speak to Dr Kim Thomas, the CEO of the charity Birth Trauma Association, about the fantastic work the charity does supporting women and their partners following a traumatic birth experience, which has often left them with ongoing health concerns and fear about future pregnancies and labour. Welcome, Kim, and thank you for joining me today. Thanks very much for having me on, Julie. In my job, I regularly speak to women who have concerns over the care they've received during labour and around the time of delivery. Most powerful, and those that strike a real chord with me as a parent as well, are the stories from new parents, excited to meet their child but left feeling scared during labour, feeling something is wrong at the time, but not feeling their concerns are heard or taken on board by the medical professionals caring for them, be that midwives or obstetricians or nursing staff. In the past, I've been told about emergency caesarean sections taking place where the women do not understand why it's needed or what has happened during labour to get to that point where intervention is required, where there are issues with bleeding, or in some cases, where delivery results in an obstetric injury to the mother, which in turn can result in lifelong issues. Sadly, too often, I also hear of poor maternity care that's resulted in delays in delivery, and which has resulted in the baby suffering a hypoxic injury, or injury as a result of a traumatic delivery, which leaves the family facing an outcome they never expected and an uncertain future. Not all of the people I speak to can bring a claim for negligence, or even want to. Most people I speak to just want to understand what happened at the time of the labour and to ask questions, to seek reassurance about what happened from those involved, and understand why certain actions were taken, to understand what the medical professionals were concerned about versus their own recollection of events. There can also be a real stigma around birth trauma, And as a result, it can be a struggle to find the right support. As a result of my experiences talking to people who've suffered some birth trauma, I wanted to raise awareness of the Birth Trauma Association to ensure that any woman or their partner who has questions on these issues can seek support and help via the charity, especially in circumstances where I might not be able to help from a medico-legal perspective. So with all that in mind... Um, I wanted to ask you, Kim, if you could start by telling me a bit about the charity, how it came to be, its aims and focus, and your role within it. Uh, Yes. Uh, So the Birth Trauma Association was founded in 2004 um, and gained charitable status in 2007. And we think we're probably the first organisation in the world to support mothers uh, who'd had a traumatic birth. Um, So we're we're quite proud of that. We've been going quite a long time. Um, and it was founded by two women, uh, Maureen Treadwell and Debbie Sayer, um, and, and Maureen is still uh, involved. Uh, she stepped back a bit now, but she's she's been a driving force for a very long time in, in the charity. And Maureen had her own traumatic birth experience in the 1980s, and after that became a birth campaign, a maternity campaign for several years. And one of the things that happened in the 1990s uh, was that researchers started identifying that um, some women could develop PTSD after giving birth because uh, PTSD was only really recognised as a condition in, in, in 1980. And then there's this re- realisation that it wasn't just affecting veterans, it could affect people who had all sorts of trauma. Um, and so by the late 1990s, there was this, this sort of 
dawning realization really that, that birth could be traumatic enough to cause PTSD and that there was a lot of resistance to that amongst health professionals because there's this idea that birth is a very happy experience and, and therefore it can't be traumatizing and, and I think we all know differently so I think one of the achievements of the charity really has been in changing that narrative um, because it is now very widely recognised that birth can be traumatic and, and, in fact, can be so traumatic that you can develop post-traumatic stress disorder. Um, and, and so the idea of the charity was really to support to support parents, so mothers and partners who'd been through traumatic birth and, 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 and to help them, um, whereas previously they hadn't had any anywhere to turn for support. And when we talk about birth trauma, what, what does that mean? What kind of thing does that encompass? There are lots of reasons birth can be traumatic, you know, as, as, I mean, as, as you said yourself, there can be all sorts of things, um, some medical emergencies, um, sometimes babies have a hypoxic birth injury. Um, there's such a range of things that can go wrong in, in birth, you know, sort of abrupted placenta or emergency cesarean. Um, sometimes you get shoulder dystocia, you know, where the baby gets stuck coming out. Uh, women have postpartum hemorrhages. There, there are lots of things. Um that can go wrong and what what we typically find is that when women feel deeply traumatized by birth it's, it's a combination of the fact there's been some kind of emergency and the fact that women didn't feel well cared for during birth um that they felt they were neglected in some way by staff that there was unkindness that there was poor communication um that they were treated as if they weren't really important um and that the emotional pain they were experiencing or the physical pain they were experiencing w- was, wasn't was important either. There, there's that kind of sense women have of, of having their kind of feelings disregarded during birth, which is really powerful. And often women talk about saying, you know, I, I knew something was wrong and nobody around me would believe me, um, mm. w- w- which is a horrible feeling because I think you're so vulnerable during birth. So I think, you know, all, all, all those things make make birth traumatic. So it really does cover a really wide range it of does, um, yes, issues. Yes. Um, and so how does the charity go about supporting the people who reach out for help? We, we have a couple of things we do. Because we're not a big charity, um, we we focus mostly on, on peer support. So we have um, a Facebook group which has been going since 2008 and which is now going to 16,000 members. Um which is, it's very active. We have lots of posts every day and lots of comments. And that's a way for women um, to support each other, really, to share their stories um, and, and and just to offer support. Um, and I think, you know, one of the interesting things about it is that a, a lot of women tell us they find it really, really helpful and it's kind of helped turn things around for them simply because very often if you've had a traumatic birth, nobody wants to listen to your story. You're quite often told to move on and stop making a fuss and enjoy your baby and so on. And and women very often can't move on. And there's literally nobody around them who's, who wants to listen to what happens to them. And it, it, it's just very often the group just gives a space to those women to share their story and to have other women say, yeah, that happened to me as well. And I, I know how you feel. And that can be really, really helpful. So we have that. So um, as I said, that's, that's now got 16,000 members, so that's kind of grown substantially. Um, a few years ago, we introduced um, email support as well. So we have a team of about 20 peer supporters 
who answer emails every day. Um, and we, more recently, in the last year or so, we introduced a phone line so people can call in for phone support as well. So those are the main things we do. And we have a, a Zoom dropping as well, um, sort of fortnightly Zoom dropping. And I should say as well, we do support men. So we have some dads mm. in the Facebook group. We have a dad among the peer supporters because, you know, fathers fathers and partners can be traumatised by witnessing traumatic births so that it's important that they get the support they need to. Yes, and I think that's really important because also they need to understand uh, their own emotions around the issue, mm-hmm. but also then yes. it also gives them a safe space to talk about how they can support their partners who are dealing with the issues as well as addressing their own Um and it's great to just be able to give um, women this safe space where they can talk about their experiences without feeling like they're being judged or or with any stigma attached mm-hmm. to it. Um, and yes. I think quite often, especially because all you hear are the lovely birth stories, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, yes. and that's, that's the picture we all paint. Um, and social media probably adds to that as well. But it's important that, that these women have a really safe space to be able to share their own experience. It is, yes. And if people have concerns about the care that they've received, do you talk to them about asking for a birth debrief or getting their medical records to understand? Is that part of the process? Yes. So we get asked about it a lot. And we say we don't exactly recommend that they have a birth debrief, but we suggest it to them because uh, in our experiences that a lot of women find the debrief really helpful because it kind of helps them understand what happened really understand what went wrong because quite often your memory is imperfect about what happened and it it, it kind of provides a sort of reassurance in a way that what happened uh what wasn't their fault and that's kind of really useful and and sometimes it's just good to be able to talk it through with somebody having said that we've also had women say to us they've had very bad experiences of birth debriefs where you know there's been a midwife doing the debrief and she hasn't been sympathetic and she's kind of been quite dismissive of um of, of the woman's traumatic experience so it is a bit of a mixed bag really so we kind of always try and be cautious about that um and, and notes as well we often say you know it's a good idea to, to to have a look at your medical notes and we have um a document we've created sort of frequently asked questions good document that explains how to go about getting your notes um and then we'll also talk to people so we make in complaint as well and mm-hmm. If they want to pursue a medical negligence case, you know, we talk about how they can do that. Yes, and I think sometimes find there are some people find some obstacles in trying to request notes, and then there's the issue of digesting the notes and piecing them all together, running yeah. alongside a person's own recollection. They can be quite difficult. I mean, I'm reviewing notes every day in my job, and I sometimes find it difficult to piece together what's happened. And mm-hmm. there can be notes in different places, so it can be quite overwhelming. Yes. Um, and it's interesting that you know some people do want feel that they do need to complain about what's happened. Yes. Um, and I know that sometimes hospital trusts, especially, can offer meetings. It's similar vein to a debrief, I suppose. But if a complaint is made, then you know sometimes a meeting is offered in response to that complaint, um, which people are sometimes take up and sometimes don't for their own reasons. Mm, yes. Um, so what can be the impact of birth trauma on the individual and, and those around them? After traumatic birth, you can have a range of symptoms, but some women develop full-blown post-traumatic stress disorder. Mm. There are quite a lot of women who have some symptoms, but not enough for full PTSD diagnosis. So we support all of those women. And so 
the kind of four really main categories of symptoms, which are, um, you know, flashbacks and nightmares. Um, so intense anxiety and, and hypervigilance. So being kind of constantly on high alert, really thinking that something's going to go wrong. Um, avoidance of anything that reminds you of the trauma. Um, which, as you can imagine, is very difficult when you have a baby because, you know, it, it can include other mums with, with, with new babies, TV programs at birth and so on. And then the fourth kind of category is something called negative cognition, which is to do with sort of low mood and, and feelings of guilt and, and, and those kinds of things. And having all those symptoms, particularly when you're looking after a newborn baby as well, it, it can be intensely debilitating because, you know, if you're, if you're constantly kind of anxious that something's going to go wrong or you're, you know, you might walk into a shop and then you suddenly have a flashback because the strip lighting in the shop has reminded you of, of uh, the hospital. Uh, th- th- that can make life very, very difficult. Uh, and often women that, you know, the memory of the birth is racing through their head all the time, particularly the mm-hmm. point at which things went wrong. And they often feel the urge to kind of tell people the story over and over again it can have a very strong impact on her relationship with people around her because quite often the the partner doesn't want to hear the story Mm. um, and will say well you know just get on with looking after the baby and move on the baby's healthy and other people will say that as well Um, so it's incredibly isolating if everybody around you is trying to minimize the trauma of what happened to you and telling you that you need to move on and and on top of that you know there's a good chance you're going to be irritable and bad tempered as well which is a feature of PTSD a lot of women say they find it very hard to bond with their baby um, after mm. they had a traumatic birth. And then there are others who become so anxious that they kind of become obsessively worried about the baby. So they they won't let the baby out of their sight or they're always watching to see if the baby's still breathing. They might not even venture out of the house with the baby. You know, someone said that to us. We were, They won't even go to the shops because mm. their mind is full of things that can go wrong. You know, is am I going to get run over by a bus? Is there going to be a terrorist attack? You know, that that kind of thing. So I, th- I think we all know that life with a newborn is very difficult anyway. Um, yeah. But imagine, you know, just imagine how much more difficult it is when, when you, you're dealing with all that as well. Yes, I was speaking to um, a mum yesterday, actually, and she was describing her experience when her daughter was born. And she was saying one of the things that really struck her looking back on it is she was already exhausted physically um, as a result of the labour she was emotionally all over the place with hormones and everything else and then you know looking forward to the baby's birth and then when when the traumatic issues kind of happened and she was rushed for an emergency cesarean section she was then further physically and emotionally affected and then psychologically as you were saying there in your kind of synopsis you know she was describing feelings of guilt feelings like she should have done something better coming out the other side not really understanding what had happened and just feeling incredibly bruised by the whole experience when what she'd really expected was this kind of picture-perfect moment where she would have her baby in her arms and everything would just fade into the background. Um, But I think any woman who's been through labour would say that's probably not really a reality of even a (laughs) non-traumatic birth. That's true. A a traumatic birth. Um, And so do people who come to you for help need to have a formal diagnosis of 
post-traumatic stress disorder to to be able to access your help and support within this no system. no and and if a woman feels she's been traumatized by birth you know we're, we're all happy to support her where we can um we, you know we don't require diagnosis and in fact even with the nhs you don't really need a ptsd diagnosis because actually if, if you're feeling traumatized and, and you it, it's impacting your life then having a formal diagnosis doesn't really make very much difference you know if you haven't got PTSD but you you still can't face going outside with your baby then then you're in need of help and I suppose I should add that the term birth trauma is, is, is a very loose one it, so we don't use it just to refer to postnatal PTSD we tend to re- use it to refer to um anybody who feels kind of psychologically traumatized by birth so yeah it's 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 not it's not a medical diagnosis it's just a kind of term term that we use yes no i understand that do you as part of that encapture issues during pregnancy but then because they sometimes obviously lead through to a birth trauma experience because of issues that might have happened during you know more usually the later stages of pregnancy but do people contact you if they've had concerns about the care they've had during the pregnancy as opposed to specifically around the time of labour? Um, occasionally, yes. I mean, not, not an awful lot. It, it's it's mostly to do with the, the birth. It's mostly when women have had a traumatic birth and sometimes they'll say, well, I was unhappy with my pregnancy care as well. And it that tends to be quite often something like... Um, preeclampsia for example mm. maybe not being diagnosed you know that kind of point just before you go into labor and the mistakes are made and quite often women will contact us during a subsequent pregnancy you know they'll say I had a traumatic first birth I thought I'd got over it I'm pregnant again now and I feel absolutely terrified what can I do um and that 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 can be really difficult because sometimes they don't contact us until quite late in the pregnancy and it, of course, it's much harder to access therapy at, at, at that point. Um, mm-hmm. But it, it's completely understandable, it, you know, because it acts as a trigger. And if you've been through one traumatic birth, it's like, you know, if you've been in a car accident, why would you go through another one? So mm-hmm. I think it's actually quite brave to get pregnant again after a traumatic birth, because then you're kind of, you're, you're very, very conscious of the fact that you, you might have a similar experience a second time. Yes, I can imagine that that would be incredibly triggering. And even if you've managed to deal to some degree with the with the first birth trauma, finding yourself pregnant again and then facing that process again and then obviously maternity appointments, hospital appointments, being back in the same kind of environments where you experience that trauma, you know, can be incredibly hard to face. Mm, yes, definitely. It's all, all those triggers that, you know, all, all all over again. Yes. Yes, as you said. Okay. It seems to me at the moment that it's impossible to look at the news without another story about poor maternity care. Um, at the heart of all these stories are the people who've lived through a traumatic experience and who need ongoing help and support. And I think it's important to recognise that the people living the experience are not just the patients, but obviously doctors and, and midwives involved as well. I likened it to the ripples from birth trauma extending quite a long way. But it's great there's support available and that that support is growing. I think that's really so positive. Thank you for talking to me today about the work that the Birth Trauma Association does and the support it offers to people who feel they've experienced birth trauma. 
I think it's so important that people are encouraged to break down any stigma about talking about a less than perfect birthing experience and that people know that help and support is available and how to access it. So for those that want to get in touch or learn a bit more about the charity, how's the best way to reach out to your team? We have a website, uh, www.birthtraumaassociation.org.uk. That has all our contact details on it. But just in case, um, our Facebook group is facebook.com slash group slash the BTA. And you can contact our peer supporters at support at birthtraumaassociation.org.uk. It's been great to speak to you today, Kim, and learn more about the Birth Trauma Association and the work the charity's doing. It's been a pleasure. Thank you very much. If you or anyone you know have experienced birth trauma or has concerns over the care given during pregnancy, labour or in the neonatal period and want to inquire about making a complaint or bringing a claim, you can contact Boys Turner Solicitors and our details can be found on our website, boysturnerclaims.com. Thank you for listening to this podcast. If you've enjoyed it, please like, follow or subscribe using whichever platform you prefer.